6 a.m. on the West Coast, 9 a.m. on the East Coast of America, 2 p.m. in London, 7.30 in Mumbai, India, 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan, and in Malaysia, it's 1943. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome in. Welcome in. Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch.tv Live, and a very slow rumble.com live. Uh, the lag and rumble tonight is so bad, and I have no idea why. But we are live on rumble as long as the connection lasts. But we're like 20 minutes behind, so I I don't know. Facebook looked good. Uh, YouTube looks solid. We're good over on... Uh, we're good over on twitch.tv, so, eh, whatever. We'll get there. Hey, look at this! A new shirt tonight! My significant other bought me a new shirt, and it's a Snoopy shirt. I love this. It is so cool. It's got Dance and Snoopy and Woodstock all over it, and it's just covered everywhere with uh, with Dance and Snoopies and Woodstocks. <laughs> So, very cool. <laughs> and uh, that leads us nicely. Speaking of little dogs named Snoopy, how about a little dog named Miko? Miko update. <laughs> Miko update. Little girl is doing well. She had two big walks today. One, because it rained here in the afternoon from about no, 4 or 5 o'clock all the way up until 7, 8 o'clock at night. So we went out for a walk really late, like 8.30. So we, we did about a half an hour around the neighborhood pull. And then uh, I got back and got the live stream set up very quickly because there were a few things I should have taken care of earlier today. I didn't. So a couple of last minute things, but we got them all done. We got live exactly on the air at 10 and Miko is hanging out in the other room, having a little air con. So she did get, she got a couple of big walks today. In fact, this morning we discovered a new park right next to our area, which is just across the street and it's very beautiful. So we'll be uh, heading over there more often than not. So Miko's doing well. She's eating me still out of house and home. She's going nuts with the food, eating all her kibbles, eating all the food we cook for her, eating all her wet food. She's up way over 10 kilos again. So her weight's come back. And I wouldn't be surprised if at this point she's probably over 11 kilos. She was 11.4 at her heaviest. Then she got sick. She lost a, almost a couple of kilos. But, um, hey, and look, she's here. Come on in. Come on, come on, come on. You won't be on camera. I gotcha. Hello, buddy. Remember me? Oh, I know. You look so scared. <laughs> there she is. No, oh, she got her nose stuck on the microphone. There she is. Cool. Oh, who is that beautiful dog? Who is that gorgeous one? Yeah. Look at that. You are so pretty. Miko hasn't been on a live stream in forever, but she's hanging out now. You doing all right? 
Yeah? You came out of the air con for a change, huh? There you go. Look at that. She is so fat. Okay, she's not fat. She's solid like a rock. How you doing? All right, buddy? Everybody wanted to say hi to you. <laughs> if you're listening on the podcast, you got to go to either Rumble or YouTube and check out our video version so you get to see the little lady. She's finally here. Thank you for popping by, Miko. All right? You good to go? Or you just want to hang out? You look comfortable. <laughs> yeah? Okay. All right, here we go. Here we go. You ready? Watch the cables. Oi! You're good. You're good. There you go, buddy. All right. Good job, bud. Now she doesn't want to go away. <laughs> All right. I'm so happy she actually made it on the show. Good girl. Good girl, Miko. Now she won't leave. <laughs> All right. Cool beans. <laughs> She's st- you want to come up some more? I know, but it's impossible to control all the things and a dog, okay? Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so do check that out if you are uh, listening to the podcast audio-only version. Just uh, go over to Rumble slash uh, Jay Sheldon or YouTube channel Jay Sheldon Malaysia, and you can see the video playback of our uh, of our show. <laughs> all right, it is... Uh, Here in Malaysia, it's less than two hours away from officially being Turkey Day. And um, if you're listening in the U.S., you have about another 12 hours to go before it's officially Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving, which is, I was about to say, a U.S.-only holiday, but it's actually not. We'll tell you more about that coming up in just a bit. But um, strangely enough, uh, Thanksgiving is not just celebrated in the U.S. And along with the celebration of Thanksgiving, um, (laughs) there are some strange and weird things about this holiday. It is a day to give thanks, to be thankful for all that we have. And uh, that's pretty much, I mean, it's based around the pilgrims and their first feast celebrating with the American Indians, Native Americans, or whatever the politically correct way is of referring to them these days. Um, But uh, those of us who celebrate Thanksgiving, and I haven't had an actual Thanksgiving with a turkey in probably 10 or 12 years. A friend of mine invited us over for a actual Thanksgiving turkey uh, dinner. Uh, about 10, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years ago here in Malaysia. And I think that's the last time I've actually had a Thanksgiving with turkey and all the trimmings and cranberry sauce and all that stuff. But um, we very often see Thanksgiving at its face value. This is a cool article from weirdworm.com. Uh, there's a lot more to this crazy holiday. Uh, in fact... Um, what is the Robert Downey Jr. film with uh, one of my uh, uh, Una Chaplin and uh, I can't remember the name of it now. It, it's a Christmas film, but it's based around Thanksgiving. 
uh, it's brilliant, brilliant film. It's just amazing. If you, I'll, I'll, I'll think of the name of it and I'll, I'll get back to you on it. Uh, there's more to the holiday and stories and history behind this, which are mer- worth remembering for Thanksgiving. So if you're getting ready or maybe you're cooking and preparing for Thanksgiving dinner, just to give a listen here. Some interesting facts about this traditional holiday that you may not know. This, by the way, this picture is a very traditional. Uh, you got the pumpkins and some green beans, some mashed potatoes, some all kinds of stuff. Squash, cranberry sauce, and of course the big old turkey in the background here. The first Thanksgiving was only eaten with spoons and knives. Forks or something people take for granted nowadays, but imagine eating your turkey with a spoon only and a knife. The reason for the fork being absent was because it wasn't brought by the pilgrims in 1620. It was introduced about 10 years later, the fork, by Governor Winthrop of Massachusetts, and it was not really popular to be used for eating until about the 18th century. And here's what I was saying. Thanksgiving is not just celebrated in the U.S. If you don't know, Canadians also celebrate their own form of Thanksgiving. Uh, They do not, however, celebrate it on the fourth Thursday of November, which is the traditional day for uh, the U.S. Thanksgiving. Uh, Theirs is the second Monday of October in Canada. Um, Throughout their history, Canadians have known to celebrate Days of Thanks, but it was after the American Revolution when Americans who were uh, still loyal to Britain moved to Canada. You know, I never thought about that. After the uh, Revolutionary War, when we won our independence, what about the people who said, I don't want independence? What happened to them? Well, Unlike Whoopi Goldberg, who threatened to move out of the country if Trump won, these people actually put their money where their mouth was and moved. They went to Canada. They brought their traditions of Thanksgiving with them, and uh, that's how Canadians started celebrating Thanksgiving. Uh, is it a presidential par- a tradition to pardon one turkey every year? Uh, the tradition started in 1947 with President Truman. He handpicked a turkey, then sent it off to live the rest of its days at Frying Pan Park in Herndon, Virginia. And it's become the tradition that two turkeys were pardoned in case the first turkey becomes unavailable. <laughs> It's like the Miss America pageant. And uh, they actually get to vote on the name of the turkey. This was uh, written a while ago. Benjamin Franklin wanted the national bird, which is the turkey, uh, which is the American eagle, I'm sorry. (laughs) Actually, Ben Franklin wanted it, the turkey, as the national bird of the U.S., Uh, Fortunately, they decided to go with the bald eagle, but Jefferson was opposed to the idea, fought Benjamin Franklin about it, and it's been rumored that Franklin named the male turkey Tom in retaliation because of Thomas Jefferson. Franklin's reasoning was the turkey had a much greater significance to the American people, being a main food source for the pilgrims, and he claimed the eagle had bad moral character. Good old Ben Franklin. Well, most people have cranberry sauce with their turkey and mashed potatoes and things. It's a traditional Thanksgiving meal item, cranberry sauce. But 
probably 80, 90% of the people get a can opener and open a can and dump it out in a bowl. Some people go to the trouble of actually buying cranberries, which are grown in a bog, and making their own cranberry sauce. These people need to be watched carefully. But um, if you do that and you have cranberries and you want to know if they're ripe, here's how you know. Throw it at the ground. Measure how high it bounces. Now, as long as it bounces higher than four inches, it's ready to be picked. Now, how would you bounce a cranberry that you haven't picked yet? But anyway, uh, anyway, that's how you know if a cranberry is ripe. I would, however, suggest after you bounce it on the ground, you might want to run it through a water and a strainer and make sure that, you know, it's clean. But yeah, the cranberry actually is one of only three fruits native to North America. And it is served at 94% of Thanksgiving dinners. Imagine that. All right. There's a whole bunch of cool facts here. It's from weirdworm.com. And the link is below in our show notes. Wherever you're watching or listening to the podcast or watching our live stream or video replay, you'll find this whole article there in our show notes tonight. And uh, you can read the whole article. A bunch of weird facts maybe you'd like to share with your friends on uh, on Thanksgiving. Now, I spent of the 45, almost 50 years in the broadcast business, I spent half, almost half of that time in radio as an announcer, morning radio DJ. And back in the 70s, there was a show that some of you may have heard of, some of you maybe not. It was called WKRP in Cincinnati. It was one of the funniest sitcoms ever. And there is a very, very famous episode which ran just before Thanksgiving when it originally aired. This is a five-minute clip of the show. I, I really can't play the whole thing. I'll play you a little clip. babies and now it's time to go to our live remote man on the scene at the pinedale shopping mall for the big wkrp turkey giveaway so take it away les nesman this is les nesman your man on the scene here at the pinedale shopping center where the excitement is mounting we're here to witness the big wkrp hey, turkey thanksgiving giveaway hey you got permission to be out here what you're blocking my store here buddy don't you know who i am huh I'm Les Nesman. I won the Buckeye Newshawk Award last year. <laughs> Good for you, Buckeye. Now get out of my doorway. I'm sorry. <laughs> Creep. <laughs> so far, so good, huh? Okay. <laughs> I, I can't play the whole clip. It, it's very funny. Uh, uh, there's a link to this YouTube video in our show notes if you want to watch it. Please do. I encourage you because it is funny as hell. And what happens is they the station, the fake radio station that the sitcom is based at, WKRP in Cincinnati, uh, wants to give away turkeys. So they bring in a, they fly in a helicopter and they over a, a mall parking lot and they throw the turkeys out of the helicopter, not realizing that turkeys can't fly. And consequently, the turkeys all 
splat on the ground and all hell breaks loose. It, it's, you got to watch the episode. Please do. Do yourself a favor. The link is in the show notes. It is really, really a funny episode. But here's something you might not know. It was based on a true story. It actually happened. The true story behind the famous WKRP turkey drop. This is from uh, ACR Newsfeed, blogspot.com. The link's in the show notes again. You can read it. But um, almost anyone who's ever worked in radio has a story about a station promotion that went off the rails. I've got a thousand of them. And uh, one of the most famous splats was in the turkey episode of WKRP. And uh, there's a key scene here. This, this article is also in our show notes. However, Turkey's Away, the name of the episode, was loosely based on an incident that actually happened. Hugh Wilson, the creator and producer of the show, worked several years at WQXI in Atlanta. QXI was a powerhouse top 40 station. And uh, Wilson then moved to Los Angeles. A lot of the people in the plot in WKRP were actually based on Wilson's experiences at uh, WQXI. But um, the turkey drop was a real, actual incident. It was a shopping center in Atlanta, uh, which no longer exists, Thanksgiving promotion, and we thought we could throw these live turkeys out into the crowd for their Thanksgiving dinners. All of us, naive and uneducated, thought that turkeys could fly. Of course, they just went splat. People were laughing at us, not with us, and it became a legend. In reality, the turkeys were actually thrown off the back of a truck, not a helicopter. But um, that is not quite as glamorous as the WKRP uh, story, but uh, indeed it is... Uh, <laughs> it is a true one, well, based on a true story, the uh, the WKRP turkey drop. <laughs> By the way, check out the link and the show clip in our notes tonight, because it is hilarious. You will love it. Turkey. You know, I, I, I had to look this up. I had to do some translation at a website, because it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And what I discovered in searching is that this is true, but it has to do with dialects. Language is a very strange thing. The bird we call a turkey, the Turks call it Hindi, from India. In India, turkey is called Peru, as in, you know, Peru, P-E-R-U. In Arabic, the bird is the bird turkey is called a Greek chicken, and in Greek, it's called a French chicken, and in French, it's called an Indian chicken. That is just the weirdest thing. Now, if you just put turkey and do a translation, it will not come up with, for example, Hindi from India. But if you check it out online and do some research, you'll find that in certain dialects, it actually does translate that way. Very weird. In French, it's called a dinde. Really, very weird. Okay. Do we have a name for turkey in Malay? I don't know. I should have looked that up, huh? Uh, yeah, we'll do that later. If somebody knows, put it in the chat, please. What is the Malay word for, for turkey? 
if there is one. And anybody that says Jay Sheldon, I'm going to kick your butt, okay? That's not funny. All right. One more thing on Thanksgiving here, and, uh, and it's important because a lot of folks like me have fur friends, and there are some things that go on at turkey dinners, Thanksgiving dinners, that you are not supposed to give your dogs. I believe I put this link in the show notes. If not, you can look it up. Just do a search, any search engine, stick in there. But this is important. Uh, if you're having a Thanksgiving dinner, there are some things your dog can have that are a traditional part of these Thanksgiving dinners and some things they cannot have. Dogs are cool with carrots, celery, corn without the cob, sweet potatoes, green beans, apples, no core and no seeds. The seeds actually contain a minute amount of arsenic. I don't know if you knew that or not. Pumpkin's okay. Rice is cool. Uh, quinoa. A little, a little cheese. Don't go crazy because you know they'll eat every bit of it you give them. And turkey is also okay, but preferably no skin, no fat, and no bones. The bones splinter as opposed to beef bones and things, but the turkey bones, like chicken bones, splinter and can stick in. So turkey's cool, but no skin, no bones. Now, a lot of people also have ham in place of turkey on Thanksgiving. Ham is a no-no for dogs. I've never heard that before, and I don't know why, but it says dogs cannot have ham. Chocolate, of course, most people know don't give dogs chocolate. Garlic, leeks, onions, grapes, raisins, which are pretty much just grapes. Raw potato, mashed potato. Now, those are two I didn't know, because, you know, dogs eat potatoes, but Apparently, raw and mashed potatoes are not good. Um, raw dough is not good for dogs. Canned cranberry. Pre-made desserts, because honestly, if they're pre-made, you didn't make it yourself. Who knows what they put in there? So cautious when it comes to giving that to dogs. Uh, pie filling, same thing. If you open a can of pie filling, you don't really, you know, you check the ingredients, you're never sure. And stuffing. I assume because some of the stuffing and ingredients and spices, not good for dogs. So check out these tips before you just start feeding the dog from the Thanksgiving table, just to be safe and, uh, you know, be cautious with the stuff that uh, we share with our friends. All right. So that's uh, way too much time spent on Turkey Day, but it is basically for all intents today or in a very few hours. It will be Thanksgiving Day in the U.S., so to all my U.S. listeners and viewers, happy Thanksgiving. All right. Uh, oh, this is funny. This is great. I cannot play the actual video clip, sadly, because it contains a lot of really bad words. But I saw this posted on a few of my Facebook friends' uh, things. This video is going so viral, and it deserves it, because... It's very, very cool. Have I been doubled up, by the way, my voice for the last 10 minutes? Sorry about that. I just realized I didn't have something muted that I should have had muted. But anyway, all right, we got rid of it now. Okay, 
This is from World of Buzz. It's a, an article about the video, which is going incredibly viral, and because it deserves to. It is so funny. This Malaysian mother teaching her kids local swear words is probably the best thing you're going to see in 2021. A great way to end out the year. Um, okay, they've actually blotted out, so you can't read exactly what the bad word is. But... Um, it's abs if you've uh, ever tried swearing in front of your Malaysian parents, better yet, have your Malaysian parents drop the F-bomb in front of you. Uh, we all know curse words don't often fly well in Malaysian households, which is why people are loving this Malaysian mom for teaching her kids local swear words with a burning passion. Uh, a U.S. media platform took to their YouTube channel to showcase immigrant parents teaching their kids bad words in their mother tongues. A Malaysian woman is among the many parents that participated. There's a Japanese lady, there's an African woman, a woman from Africa, uh, I think somebody from a Spanish culture? I, I, I forget. Anyway, among the, the many participants was a Malaysian mom and her kids and she gave them an education the video starts with the malaysian mom uh, teaching her kids how to say kapala mm, b word which means uh, well she can explain it when you watch the video when her son asks what it meant she says oh like the d word the whole thing uh and then she went on to explain that the word um I can't say it, which she describes to be the same in concept as mother effer. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get through this, trying to do all the abbreviations. The Malaysian mom insisted her kids say Pookie mm, with anger and passion, because that's just how you got to say it, right? <laughs> you got to literally show anger in your face. Uh, the word literally means genitalia, women's genitalia, but uh, it's a it's not thought of in that way. Uh, so yeah, uh, she says because they don't say it like Malaysians say it; they say it more American. So she teaches them how to say it and not be so American. These are some transplanted Malaysians who live in America. But uh, it, it is a great video. It's very funny. The link to this is in our show notes tonight. From World of Buzz, thank you, World of Buzz, tip of the hat to you. And from there, you can actually watch the video. Uh, there's a link in the article uh, to that video. But it is very funny. It's going incredibly viral, and it deserves it because it, it, well done. Well done. Really, really cool, cool video. <laughs> we love that. Hang on, coffee break time. All right. Hey, check this out. I did not know this. I got an education this week. You have to look really close at this picture to realize what it is. Because I have never seen this. I would have thought this was fake. You know, you see ads for flowers all the time where they're weird colors and you just know somebody has sprayed them with something or they're not real or it's a Photoshop job. These are real. In fact, they are one of the oldest roses known. 
They're green roses. Look at how beautiful that is. Now, if, if you can zoom in, bring the video up or something, or I think I put the link in the show notes. They're green roses. They're very real and they're very special. They are the original rose and they have been around for almost 30,000 years. Can you imagine? It's got nothing to do with Thanksgiving or swear words. I just had to slip, you know, you know, this show, we talk about all kinds of weird crap. I throw all kinds of junk in here, but this is absolutely it. Look at how beautiful that is. That is a, a, uh, a green rose. Absolutely beautiful. That from Caritha Fernando, who shared that. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Speaking of incredible, my dear friend Zane has shared a picture. It's just this one-off thing that I wanted to share because it's so cool when I saw it. This is an abandoned house, but it's not just any ordinary house. This is an abandoned tree house. This is from a page on Facebook called Abandon and Haunted World. An abandoned tree has no other description. But this picture is absolutely incredible. Look at that. That is amazing. This tree trunk, which has been carved out, windows built in. I would love to see what this looks like inside. Sadly, it's the only picture there is of it. But it is absolutely amazing. And it's apparently in some forest somewhere, and it's been abandoned. Well, I would adopt that. That is amazing. All right, it's almost time to move on to our book. We're doing A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens because Thanksgiving's upon us. That means the holiday season is with us. You know, there's another thought about Thanksgiving. Why are there no Thanksgiving songs? I mean, I know a month before even Thanksgiving, they start blasting Mariah Carey all over, but God help us all. But... There are no Thanksgiving songs. I can't, I couldn't think of one. Isn't that weird? The only thing I could remember related to songs was when I was in grammar school, you know, a thousand years ago, we used to, and this is weird too, because of religion and school and, you know, the separation and all that crap, which these days you'd never get away with this, but... We used to, at an assembly for Thanksgiving, we used to sing a song, which was, a, I, I think it was a religious song. I only remember part of it. It was like, we gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. He hastens and chastens his world to make known. Something like that. It's a traditional Christian hymn, but for some reason it became associated with Thanksgiving. But it's not really a Thanksgiving song. So, to all you songwriters out there, we need a Thanksgiving song, okay? Somebody write us a Thanksgiving song. We don't have one. All right. <laughs> I, I don't know. All right. Just before we get to our, our book, one last thing that I saw, which was amazing. Um, the New York Times Books made a post on Twitter and said, with Jules Verne and the publisher Hugo Gernsback, H.G. Wells invented the genre of science fiction. Eh. Once again, New York Times, 
wrong. This woman, Maim Fatu Nyang, I believe is how you say that, she wrote this, and wow, what an eye-opener. Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein in 1818 when she was 19 years old. At that time, neither Jules Verne nor H.G. Wells were even born yet. In fact, Edgar Allan Poe was only nine years old in 1818. A teenage girl wrote what is still considered today the first science fiction novel. This article continues the long tradition of erasing her. And I'm glad somebody pointed that out. Again, it relates to our classic books. In fact, I should see if Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, must be in the public domain now. Maybe we could read that coming up. That would be fun. I'll look for it. We'll check it out. But anyway, yeah, back in uh, when she was 19 years old in 1818, Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. So there you go. A long time before Jules Verne or H.G. Wells ever thought about being born. Amazing. All right, it's time. It's time. It is time to head over and check out our book. We read classic books on this stream. Yeah, I know. We're weird that way. But we do. And uh, we have been doing all kinds of amazing books. We get them from the Gutenberg Project, which is at gutenberg.org. Go there. You can download all kinds of formats, HTML, Word doc, text files, even eBooks in some cases of all the classics. They're all free. They're all in the public domain. And that's where we get our books from. We've done The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, War of the Worlds, The Velveteen Rabbit, uh, you name it. We've done a, from the very beginning, 142 streams ago. Wow, we've been doing this a long time. Um, we've been reading a chapter or so in classic books all the way through from beginning to end till we get to the end and begin a new book. Well, now we have been doing uh dickens a christmas carol because it should time out we're getting into the christmas season and we're about halfway through our book and we're going to continue that tonight by the way just a show note i just checked over on rumble and yeah we're like 10 15 20 minutes behind the lag over there is so bad so rumble get your crap in gear and get it together huh it's really sucking big ones tonight. All right, let's uh, move on and over to our book. And it is a continuation of A Christmas Carol uh, from Charles Dickens. And when we were last here on Monday night, we had just been with the ghost of Christmas present. And we're about uh, halfway through that. And uh, they had just seen Scrooge's nephew's Christmas Eve celebration. Much they saw, and far they went, and many homes they visited, but always with a happy end. The spirit stood beside sick beds, and they were cheerful on foreign lands, and they were close at home. 
by struggling men, and they were patient in the greater hope, by poverty, and it was rich, in almshouse, hospital, and gaol, in miseries, every refuge, where vain man, in his little brief authority, had not made fast the door, and barred the spirit out, he left his blessing, and taught Scrooge its precepts. It was a long night, if it were only a night. But Scrooge had his doubts of this, because the Christmas holidays appeared to be condensed into the space of time as they passed together. It was strange, too, that while Scrooge remained unaltered in his outward form, the ghost grew older. Scrooge had observed this change, but never spoke of it until they left a children's twelfth night party, when, looking at the spirit as they stood together in an open place, he noticed that its hair was quite gray. Are spirits' lives so short? asked Scrooge. My life upon this globe is very brief, replied the ghost. It ends tonight. Tonight, cried Scrooge. Tonight at midnight. Hark, the time is drawing near. The chimes were ringing the three quarters past eleven at that moment. Forgive me if I'm not justified in what I ask, said Scrooge, looking in intently at the spirit's robe, but I see something strange, not belonging to yourself, protruding from your skirts. Is it a foot or a claw? It might be a claw, for the flesh there is upon it, said the spirit in a sorrowful reply. Look there. From the foldings of its robe, it brought two children, wretched, abject, frightful, hideous, miserable. They knelt down at his feet and clung upon the outside of its garments. Old man, look here, look, look down there, exclaimed the ghost. They were a boy and a girl, yellow, meager, ragged, scowling, wolfish, but prostrate, too, in their humility. Where graceful youth should have filled their features out and touched them with its freshest tints, a stale and shriveled hand, like that of age, had pinched and twisted them and pulled them into shreds. Where angels might have sat enthroned, devils lurked and glared out menacing. No change, no degradation, no perversion of humanity in any grade through all the mysteries of wonderful creation has monsters half so horrible and dread. Scrooge started back, appalled. Having them shown to him in this way, he tried to say that 
They were fine children, but the words choked themselves rather than be party to a lie of such enormous magnitude. Spirit, uh, are they yours? Scrooge could say no more. They are man's, said the spirit, looking down upon them, and they cling to me, appealing from their fathers. The boy is ignorance. The girl is want. Beware of them both and all of their degree. But most of all, beware this boy, for on his brow I see that written which is doom, unless the writing be erased. Deny it, cried the spirit, stretching out its hand towards the city. Slander those who tell it ye. Admit it for all your fascist purposes and make it worse. And bide the end. Have they no refuge or resource? cried Scrooge. Are there no prisons? said the spirit, turning on him for the last time with his own words. Are there no workhouses? The bell struck twelve. Scrooge looked around him for the ghost and saw it not. As the last stroke ceased to vibrate, he remembered the prediction of old Jacob Marley and lifting up his eyes, beheld a solemn phantom, draped and hooded, coming like a mist along the ground, directly towards him. <sighs> wow! That is the end of Chapter 3, The Ghost of Christmas Present. And in our next stream on Saturday night, we will begin the last of the spirits with the approaching phantom in Stav 4, or Chapter 4. Wow. Amazing. What a great ending to that chapter. Frightening. All right, my friends, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for popping by and hanging out. And uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always find us on locals.com slash jsheldon. You can sign up for a subscription over there. Costs you a little bit of money, but helps to support. And of course, as always, patreon.com slash jsheldon, where you'll find three different tier levels, all quite reasonably priced to, uh, to help support what we do here. We appreciate your help very much. You ever want to get in touch? No pants at jsheldon.com is where you can write us. We answer all your emails. We. What am I saying? We like I have a team. It's this guy, okay? I. I answer all your emails. 
I will see you again on Saturday night. Thanks so much, folks. Until next time, I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants. Good night. <laughs>